Feng Shui is about supporting you, whoever you are or however you need your things to be. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to shine as your brightest self and create your dream life. We all have a light within and the power to create a life we love. Every Sunday, we'll share thoughtful conversations exploring how we can build a better future for ourselves and our world. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Today, we have a really fun episode for you about feng shui, optimizing your space, and the power it has to change your life. Our guest today is Cliff Tan. Cliff Tan is an architect and published author. He is most widely known for his ability to plan and optimize and make the most of any space using the principles of feng shui and aims to share this knowledge with the wider public as well as make architecture accessible to all. Before we begin, a quick plug on the new Artist of Life workbook. If you're looking to change your life and have a guided plan to achieve all your goals in 2023, check out the new 2023 Artist of Life workbook at shop.lavendaire.com. All right, on to the interview. Hello, Cliff. How are you doing? Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Eileen. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having me here. I'm very excited. I am so excited to have you here. I'm such a fan of your TikTok. I think it's so addicting and you're so good at what you do. So I just want to compliment you first. Oh, thank you so much. I, I enjoy making it and like, it, it's really nice to, to know that people find it helpful. Yeah. Okay, so first, can you tell us your story on how you became a feng shui expert and architect? Like, how did you discover your passion? Okay, so I, I've always wanted to be an architect since, since I was really young. I'm from Singapore. And you know that part of Asia, feng shui is quite, like, quite important in people's lives. Like in Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong, and Taiwan, we, we really care about feng shui. So it, it seems almost second nature. Um, my, my granddad was a feng shui uh, master, so I, I got some tips from him, but that made me realize how important feng shui is. Not realize, but I was aware how fo- important feng shui is, maybe too much. Um, and that was on the side, and I also always liked architecture, buildings, and things like that. So feng shui was just there, and architecture was what I wanted to pursue. So mm. I studied architecture in Singapore and I went on to London to further and complete my diploma in architecture at the Architectural Association. And I started working here, eventually starting a, a little practice called Dear Modern, doing small projects for people. And of course, through all that, I never forgot about the feng shui thing. So when I designed modern houses for English people, I always had feng shui at the back of my mind. I, 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 I just wouldn't design anything that's not mm-hmm. feng shui. Like, yeah. I, I just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't make it explicit, like say that, oh, we need to do this because of feng shui. I would just design the house and present oh, it to yeah. the client and say this them. is it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, did you tell them that you, did you, did they know that you were a feng shui expert and you designed feng shui into it or you didn't say anything at all? I didn't say anything because to me it was it's almost like second nature. That's how you, that's just how you design the house. You know, you, you just never put a bed facing the door, for example. Like very common common sense. To me, I call it common sense. If common, I call it common sense. But I, I realized later on that to most people, this is like to consciously make such a decision is weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, and 
so that was how I've been doing things. The whole feng shui thing came about because it was like COVID pandemic. Everybody's at home, bored. So I was at home. I was trying to, I, I, I came across TikTok, this brand new app at the time. So I, I, I was really like, I, I really enjoyed TikTok and I wanted to contribute myself. And I was thinking, what can I make? Architecture, like I found it quite boring. It, it, it took me, a, like I didn't, think of feng shui at all to begin with because it's (laughs) like I say it's so second nature like why would you talk about how you eat for example why would you talk about this kind of basic basic things but I I thought like okay let's try something really really simple really really simple so I thought okay let's make a video about the positioning of of a bit to me it's just so common sense so basic that like people are just going to put it down like why are you even telling us this in a video I just let it all out and to my surprise it it, it gained a lot of traction. People liked it. They found it interesting. Um, they asked questions about it. And then I realized that, oh, actually, maybe to the rest of the world, feng shui is not so second nature. It's not common yeah. sense. <laughs> and that's when I started making videos on feng shui. And that was how that um, took over the architectural aspect of, of, of my life. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of new then. You said from the pandemic is when you started talking about feng shui on content like TikTok. So before yes, that, yes, it, was it was just only through pandemic that I started talking about feng shui separately. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Which is so funny because I think as an architect, you could actually like your value is so much higher because you know feng shui, right? <laughs> like you didn't tell people that. There, those people were very lucky to work with you, basically. <laughs> like you gave them something extra. It's funny, right? And vice versa, like as a feng shui person, it's great that I know architecture because people forget that feng shui is architecture to begin with. Feng shui has always been about building, like Vastu in India. These practices are about building. So like back then in ancient China, there were no architects. I mean, there are builders, but the feng shui guy is the one who tells you how to build things. So it's all packaged together. I see. It's not separate. It's, It's all the same. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's more or less, it's not the same, but it's, yeah, in a, in a funny way, it's the same. It's the same. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Okay, so so what is feng shui? Why is it important? Give us the basics. I find it difficult to just say what feng shui is. It, it's, it's, it's like, like I, I, I need to give analogies. Like imagine you're building a house, right? You, you, you have a big piece of empty land and, and, and you want to build a house. So how do you start? Where do you begin? You, you start to look at the, your environment, the surroundings. Where's the sun? Where's the water? Where is the wind? And then you build your house according to that because if you have no constraints, you want to build it in the best possible way. So feng shui is about finding the best possible way to build something or initially is to bury something, but to build something in the, in the best way possible by looking at your environment. So it's like optimizing the space around you. In modern day life, we're not building houses from scratch, but we can still apply the principles of feng shui in how we live in our rooms and our spaces. Yeah. What's the main, like, I guess that's the main goal, but what is what are the main themes or things that you use in feng shui? Like, I know like the flow of energy is really important, you know? I mean, I, I've got lots of people tell, saying that, oh, feng shui is all just superstition. What is energy? That's why I spend a lot of time trying to give examples of energy. Like if you are standing in the middle of a long, long corridor, you can feel the 
You can feel this energy. They can feel something. It's different from standing in an empty room. So basically, it's how you feel in a space with all things considered. The light, the doors, the potential for, for people to walk in, any sharp, dangerous things that might drop on you. So everything has a kind of effect, plays a kind of effect on you. And all these things is energy because it's not really energy. In feng shui, it's called qi, which is which translates to air, the air of a space, oh. the air, the, the vibes. It's more like the vibes than the energy, yeah. the vibes of things. Oh, okay. The vibes of, standing yeah. at the, of sitting at the head of a long table versus the vibes of sitting on the side of a long table. They feel very different, even oh, yeah. though you are still on the table. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you're so right. I think it's, it's funny how people are like, oh, it's all superstition and they don't believe in energy. But then at the same time, I think everyone can understand there's different vibes depending on what kind of room you're in, a small room, big room, if you sit on this side or that side. People have like a favorite side to sleep on the bed, right? I saw that video that you made. That was really fun. So I love that you make it so practical and under, like it's easy to understand. That, that's the whole point, to make it as easy to understand as possible, which may be my undoing because I, I explain feng shui in such a way that it makes it almost seem like it's non-existent. Like I'm just talking about common sense. So it's like, okay, so where's the feng shui in this? It is the feng shui. I'm just packaging it in a way that is so easily understood that you no longer realize that it's an ancient Chinese art. Yeah. Wow. I, I love that so much. Um, okay. So for the people who are listening, who have not seen your TikTok videos, how do you explain what you do? Like, what is your, like, you know, intuitive spatial design and, and optimizing spaces? It, it varies. It changes. It depends on the person. So I, on my website, I have a thing where you can book me. You know, you, there's a system you can just book to meet me and I will help you fix your space, so-called fix your space. And people have asked me, oh, so what exactly is it you do? I can't give a straight answer because I will, I will cater depending on what problems you have. If you are building a new house, you want me to check your floor plans and the feng shui in the most traditional sense, totally, I do that. If you are like a student with your bedroom and you can't change anything, you just need to move some furniture around, totally, I can do that. I have met people who don't have a layout problem, they have a clutter problem. So they feel Mm. down, they feel depressed, their house is full of clutter. Still, we can apply the principles into how we can create flow and make your space feel harmonious and support you. Because feng shui is all about acknowledging the fact that your environment place an effect on you and your performance in any way possible. It could be the clutter around you, the color of your walls, the way you build your house, or even your neighbors, you know, like even people, not so much structure, but even people. So I'll teach people, okay, this is how you talk to your neighbor. This is how you become friends with them again. So it's like, there's many ways to treat a person's um, uh, mood depending on their environment. And I would try to cater and adjust myself. But it is, yeah, about space optimization and life optimization. Wow. I didn't know you throw the life optimization into it, but I guess it's all blended together. (laughs) It's all blended in together because like sometimes when people find that they need help, they don't know what what help they wanted. Like they just feel that something is wrong. So sometimes it it takes someone to just understand you. I ask ask them tons of questions, very personal questions. Like, are you single? Are you looking? Are you lonely? (laughs) How do you feel about your ex-husband? Things like that. Everything. I just just go for it because I need to understand them, put them in my shoes, put put me in their shoes, actually. I need to totally empathize with them and become them. Then I can understand how they actually feel in their space. And then I can answer. Wow. I love that. Okay, so can you give us 
uh, like examples, maybe your favorite examples of how you've seen your work impact others. Like say you work with someone and you work, you know, you help them rearrange their room or, or whatever it is. Like, what are they like after? Like, do you actually see impact through feng shui? Yes, I definitely see impact through feng shui. Most of the time is is about those people who are trying to, um, they want a promotion. They, they want more money. Uh, a lot of the time people want more money. So they, they, they want to do better in their work. They want to. So my what I try to do is I try to give them the best possible working environment. Very, very often, their desk is not in the right place. It's in the middle of a hallway or in the middle of a kitchen. There's kids running around. They cannot focus. So we need to move their desk around to a quieter part of the room where they have their like a dedicated office space where they feel like they're in command of their space and they can work properly and, and be more productive. People have a misconception that if you do something right, you'll automatically become rich. No. If you do something right, you will become more productive, which in turn makes you, make you give better results and then you get the promotion. So it's all cause and effect. Mm, I see. Okay, so <laughs> I would like you to give us an example of how you work by helping, or I mean, you don't have to do everything you do, but just maybe some tips on my space. This is my office space. And let me tell you, I have asked someone else in feng shui. So would it help if I just show you the room? <laughs> yeah, yeah, show me your room. So, show so me your every, room. Everyone listening, I already knew Cliff was going to judge me because my back faces the door. And that I know it's a vulnerable position. I know it. I know it. But the reason I do it is because this is the window and I film podcasts and I do Zoom meetings and I like when the light is in front of my face. So that's my, I, I have, I'll show you my constraints. So I have this, let me just turn the camera. So I have three wind. Okay. How much can you see? I have oh, great one window nice. there. I have a journaling desk there. And then over here, I share this room with my boyfriend. He has a desk there where he, you know, sometimes he works, he plays computer. And then, and then there's a mirror or no, another window there. So there's in total three windows in this space. So, so one, two, three. Um, and then there's three tables because this is my working and podcast filming table. That's my, I don't know, it's, it's my journaling table and it's my background. When I film YouTube videos, like this is my pretty background. Um, nice. And then that's kind of the ugly corner. <laughs> that's the ugly corner because it's my boyfriend's side and we have to share this space. Um, so given these constraints and that I like the window, like what do you recommend? I can see the dilemma there. Like you want a good background. You're working with your boyfriend. That's a, the that's a main thing. There's two I, of I you kind of want to kick space. him out. I know it's two people. Yeah. <laughs> Two people. So very often I would, like when it comes to having two people in the same room, I would try to put the, the desk facing each other. So there's no way you can get into each other's screens. And in doing okay. so, and I also like point them sideways to the door, perpendicular to the door. So your background is not the door. So if the door's there, we're, we're, face, we're both facing... Correct, like, correct. Yeah. Exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. But okay. in, in, in your case, it's a bit troublesome because you have windows on all three sides. So you might become backlit. Yeah. It's a bit tricky. It's a bit tricky. Like um, for, for, for your case, maybe how you have it is the best. You know, maybe sometimes I get that where people's rooms are the best that they can be. Then we will try to like adjust things like you could paint your walls make it not so white because you're, you're you have a lot of metal element in your space oh what's metal element you mean just the computers 
No, it's just all white. It, it, it's very stark. Oh. Mm. Oh, yeah, it There's is. There's no warmth in your scene. Ah, ah. So the, your, you, like you notice that the, the 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 plant behind you, that's the wood element. It represents growth, which is really good. Is is on your mm. left side, which is exactly where it should be. Yes. So you have this thing okay. representing growth, which is really nice. Lots of good vitality and energy. And then there's all these metals. So you you're kind of lacking of the other elements. So there's a bit of imbalance in the in in the view in the view, which is why we see like oh everything is just so white. What would be like the other elements? An example, what's water element or fire element? To, to have a balanced space, what do you recommend? Red and triangular shapes are fire. Um, water is very dark blue or even black. And it's represented by wavy shapes. What's that? We have water, we have fire, we have... Uh, metal is white or, or, or round. Wood is the one that's a bit funny because wood is not brown wood is green or even like greenish blue because it's it represents life and growth so a plant is the wood element not the bark brown is the earth element like square stable calming colors that's earth element so it's like brown or yellow things like that Mm-hmm. So is the goal to have a balance of all elements in a room or is it, does it depend on, you know how in Chinese culture, everybody has an element in your astrology. I, I know I'm actually metal, strong metal and wood or something. So it, the goal is to balance everything, but in a different way, because like, for example, uh, different rooms have different inherent elements like a kitchen is fire a bathroom is water so it, it's not like you want everything to be the same mix of colors it's like considering the use of the room you balance off with other things considering the element of the person if you're a very, very fiery person you don't want to have even more fire around you you want to have elements that support you yeah so it's it, it's a bit like that but i usually focus more on the actual layouts of a space because people feel that first like even before we mm-hmm. talk about the colors and things, we are all bugged by the door behind you. And I'm looking at you and I'm thinking like any second <laughs> your boyfriend is going to come in. You know what? And sometimes my dog likes to like open the door. Like my dog can open the door. So he'll, he does that and it, it does bug me. I don't know. I, I don't know what to do with the space. There, there are ways. There are ways. Like like I, I, I've not found a room that I cannot solve. It just takes time to discuss. We sometimes have to make compromises. Is making the right compromise that suits you the best. I see. I see. Okay. Amazing. Um, so tell us about your book. So since you started posting on TikTok, you've come out with a book called Feng Shui Modern. Um, so what does your book cover? And what's the process of creating your book? I feel like it came out so fast. Very, very fast. Like, I, it, but the, the whole book was almost like my channel. It's feng shui, very basic feng shui, but in the most easily understood way. And I give some ex- So I first explain what is feng shui all about. The elements, the cycles, the, all the yin and yang signs that you don't understand. I try to explain it in a very, very simple, easy to understand way so that everybody can ac- access to the knowledge. And then... After that, I talk about different examples of all the rooms, bedrooms, living rooms, kitchens, dining rooms, and how to place things based on all this energy. Of course, I teach people how to see their energy and how to feel their energy. And so that's that's feng shui modern. Um, it's funny because 
like there are different types of feng shui. There, there, there's the feng shui where you really calculate someone's date of birth and you find what are their lucky directions and, and all those kind of things. That's the flying stars feng shui. Mine is more like the form feng shui, which is the most, most traditional uh, type, which you, we, it all started with that feng shui. Like imagine ancient China, the, before the compass was invented, there was already feng shui and this is it. When we talk about the landscape and the topography and the, the, the physical environment. So I focus on that because that is always the priority. You do that first. And after that, then you apply the other things like your lucky directions. And right. Things. Like I see. So you're, you're basically focused on the foundation, like the flow of a space and, and all the, I guess, physical constraints that you have. Right. Exactly. Okay. Okay, so what is something that is either in your book or that you teach that you think everyone should know? The command position. The best place in a room. The command position is known as the best place in the room. So that concept alone encompasses a lot about feng shui. It encompasses, it encompasses energy, the five animals, um, even the elements. So basically, where you are, you want to have a stable back behind you, which is the represented by the tortoise like stability so that like you have a mountain behind mm. you so that no one can attack you from behind you want to have a nice mm. open view to the front which is represented by the phoenix or fire so you have a good open view and this gives you that that, that the capacity for like growth and inspiration so and uh, there's there's the other the dragon and the tiger on either side but mainly you want support behind and open views towards the front so in any room where you position yourself you you don't want to have like doors behind you windows behind <laughs> you know. you want to have a nice table <laughs> yeah. warm and you want to have open views towards the front which is why it's not great to sit and work with a wall in front of you because it can it's kind of stifling it right. makes you like feel like you're boxed up I see. So you said also windows behind you is not good as well? Like imagine there's a window behind you and someone can peek in. So like that gives a bit of discomfort, a bit of vulnerability. So in, in the command position, you want to have, you want to not be vulnerable at all. You want to be, as the name suggests, be in command of your room. Anybody who comes in, you can see. You can stop them. You, can, you know what they're doing. You will never be caught surprised. <laughs> okay, let's talk about money corner. I feel like people can look up bed placement, desk placement. You talked about command position already. So let's talk about money corner. I feel I think a lot of people like that. <laughs> like if you if you if you Google Feng Shui, like a lot of people ask about the money corner, which is a little corner in your home that you put cute things like golden cats and dogs, whatever that represents money. And it is said that if you have a nice money corner, you will invite wealth into your life. So a money corner is a place that is deep inside your house. Um, it is a place that is within sight of your door. So like I always say, imagine you are a, a big coin, I'm a big giant coin, walking into your house. You want to feel invited into the home. So where you see a money corner is like saying like, this is, this is your home, go there. So you want the money corner to be quite deep inside the house so that the money goes straight into the depths of your home. You want it to be within sight of the door so that the money can easily find its way in. You want the money corner to have good energy around it, which is normally on the eastern side because that's where the sun rises. So that's why in most feng shui websites, it will say when you open the door, the furthest left corner of the room. 
Okay. But does it have, you said it has to be in view. Has to be in view. Has to be in view. It cannot be a hidden hidden corner. So if it's a, if the deepest part of your home is in the bathroom, no, not not that, not that, not that. It, it has to be usually in the living room. Yeah, yeah. If you if your if your home has like many many like corridors like deep passageways, then your money corner has to be right at the end of the corridor. It cannot be too far. In. Otherwise, the, the money can't find its way in. You can have multiple <laughs> money corners. It's not a hard and fast rule. It's basically a place where you manifest well, put nice things, and it reminds you to work harder for the money that you're displaying. I see. So when you say corner, because you said it has to be in view, does it have to be an actual corner or is it more of like the closest wall, end of the house you can see? Usually it will be a corner. Usually it will be a corner. It will actually be a corner. Because a corner is like embraced. But I mean, I, I have placed money corners where it's flat on the wall before. Like where you, because like maybe there's a dining table on one side, living a, a, a sofa on the other side and there's no other way to put it right in the middle. It's also fine. It depends. It depends on the, on the space. I see. And you said golden cats and, and golden dogs. Like what's the meaning of that? We love money so much that we have so many things to represent wealth. Uh, like there is, there is this thing, there's this greedy frog, which is like a three-legged frog that loves to collect coins. So that is a thing that represents wealth. There is the PCU, which is like a pair of creatures that look like li- a mix of lions and dogs. They, they basically, legend has it that they basically eat gold and they can't cheat it out because they have no anus. There is the, the, the beckoning cat, but that's not even Chinese, it's Japanese. And of course, you can put things like an aquarium, a fountain, because water represents wealth as well. Oh, interesting. Okay. The bottom line is whatever, whatever you associate with wealth. Before we go on, a break for our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Navigating life's ups and downs is hard, so it's okay to get stuck or feel scared and need support. While there isn't a user manual for going through change or uncertainty, there is BetterHelp Online Therapy. Licensed therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills so that you can thrive and not just survive. Speaking with a therapist on BetterHelp has helped me better understand myself and my mind. What I like about therapy is that having a therapist will help you tap into deeper emotions and fears ones that you don't notice in your day-to-day. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com T-L-L. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash T-L-L. Earlier, you talked about clutter. So I want to talk about how clutter and feng shui associate with each other. Like what, you know, because I don't think people understand how clutter like gets in their lives. And I, I'm I'm decluttering my house right now. <laughs> like I, I'm trying to get new energy in here. So how do you talk about clutter? Feng Shui does not speak about clutter, actually. It's funny because we think of Feng Shui and clutter as as like a thing. But Feng Shui does not mention clutter at all. But it does mention good, good and bad energy. So clutter is something that kind of impedes you in a certain way. So it clutter is clutter to some people and it's not to others. So it's whatever that impedes you or makes you frustrated. And most of the time, messy rooms 
makes us frustrated. And that's why clutter is not good for feng shui because it creates bad energy. Bad energy in, in the sense that it's a kind of energy that makes you feel like your home is not spacious or you can't walk properly or it's collecting dust and dirt. So clutter is kind of an open-ended subject. There is no rule to say that it's, it's a, an actual bad thing, but it does present mm. bad energies which we want to solve. Okay, I, that makes sense. Um, another thing I want to ask you about is lighting because you talked about like the sun because the sun rises in the east, so, so, something about that. So what can we take, what lessons can we take from like placement based on like lighting, whether it's the sun or like lights at home? Lighting is important. We, we love light. We love sunshine because we associate light with like happiness and things like that. So we like, it's important to, to first find out where all your windows are. Windows bring in natural light. And that is where I normally place things where you spend a lot of time, like your desk. Or if you are a couch person and you like to sit at your couch to do your stuff, put the couch close to the window. Or if you love to cook, then make sure your kitchen has loads of natural light. Light is so important and light comes with air, like natural light comes with ventilation and all these good energies that you want. So natural light, very important. Find out where your windows are, where they face. If they face east, you get like this, this nice rejuvenating sunshine in the early morning. It come, comes and beams in. If it's the evening sun, the light is a bit uh, different. The light is, is like, it's like transforming from day to night. It kind of sets, it becomes really, really orange and it disappears. So all this subtle piece in the lighting will affect your mood. And come nighttime, you want to use the right type of lighting to, to help you. If you are working, you want a, a kind of light that's soft. It, it doesn't cast shadows on your work surface. You want to avoid like single point light. You can have like a light that is diffused. So that will give you a, a softer glow. Or if you, are, if you are trying to just relax and chill, then indirect lighting, like a table lamp on the side, that will give you a nice cozy vibe. Similar to like a candle, you know, it, it's kind of, um, it gives a good mood. Yeah, I think it, it sounds, it does kind of sound common sense when you talk about it, but I don't think people think about it, right? They, they just use whatever light they have and they don't realize, oh, this is creating the, the wrong mood or the wrong vibe. <laughs> I know, totally, totally. Like I, I see people, sometimes it's all about the lighting. The moment you change the light, the whole room just looks nicer without even moving anything. Yeah, yeah. So lighting is huge. Um, okay, what about storage? I, I I saw your TikTok about like avoiding corners, and a lot of people like shelves. Like, hey, I was about to do floating shelves, and then I saw your TikTok. I was like, oh no, too many corners. <laughs> um. So yeah, what what advice can you speak on that? We we try to avoid sharp corners in feng shui because they they they, they pose a hazard. We don't like sharp sharp things like uh. Imagine you're blindfolded and you walk around. If you knock yourself into something, that means it's a hazard. So we, we, we tend to avoid open shelves uh, or sharp corners. That's why I prefer like closed, uh, closed storage um, to avoid clutter. But that said, um, like I, okay, I, I personally like closed storage that's not too high, quite low, so it doesn't loom and tower over you. But that said, I have clients who have, for example, they have ADHD. They need to see what they own. Otherwise, they forget that they have these things. So they need exposed shelving. Totally fine. Feng Shui is about um, supporting you 
whoever you are or however you 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 per- need need your things to be. So if you need things to be exposed, then you can have your storage exposed. You just need to put them in a kind of a tidy way, classify them and position them in a place that you can associate with the contents. Mm, yeah. So as long as it's like organized, it, like, I, so I get what you're saying. It's, it's feng shui is not like a hard rule. It really depends on the person. There's a lot of compromises that you can make. I made one video many months ago and it was about the motive of, of skulls because I had one client who was a goth type person. He he likes um, vampires and skulls and blood. So how do you advise him? It, I mean, it makes him happy. It actually makes him happy. So who am I to say take it all away? <laughs> exactly. Like if, it, exactly. If, if it inspires you, it makes you happy. I mean, there's a beauty in everything. There's a beauty in skulls. Like mm-hmm. um like old old uh, Renaissance paintings, like still life paintings. They have skulls to to represent mm-hmm. the the inevitability of inevitability of death, which is a beautiful thought. And so if you see it that way, sure, have it around. So what I'm trying to say is that don't use it as a, a rule. Use feng shui as a guideline and like you can always adjust it to suit it to your lifestyle and your tastes. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, um, since we're on that topic, are there any like big traditional feng shui lessons or, or things that you don't agree with? Things that you think are of exceptions to the rule? Like, like most people in feng shui would be like, yes, you have to do that. And you're like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, no. Yes and no. So I, I, I really do not like to use the, um, the Pakwa map, which is this um, grid of nine squares where you say which sector of your house you put a certain thing. So it's something that's called the Pakwa map, which is, a, which is a grid of nine squares. And each square represents... An- of your life like career or fame or fortune or love life and it divides each sector into one of these things and it says to overlay the plan onto your home and you adjust your how every part of the home according to that i i find that that is it's not that i don't believe in it it's, it it makes sense but if you do it properly the the oversimplification of that gives a lot of confusion so you must understand why why growth is on the east side is because the east side is where the sun rises. So if your home has no east window, it no longer makes that kind of sense anymore. You want oh. a room that is bright. So that's the main thing that I would ask people to be careful of. Um, not, not say don't believe in it. It's just you have to also acknowledge the actual environment of your home, where your windows are, where your doors are, where will you walk in, and the actual vibes when you are in the room, not just the compass. I see. It, I, I like that you brought that up because I, I feel like if you look up feng shui, that's one of the basic things that come up. You see that like Bagua map and then there's like health corner, career corner, all these things. So, Okay. Um, is there anything else that you don't agree with? <laughs> the worst thing is when, when, when people just do it without knowing what they're doing. They, like they say, okay, I need to paint this wall pink. I say, why? Because this is a love con. <laughs> like they have, no, they have no concept of why they are doing something. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work anymore. You need to know why you're doing something before it, because ultimately you are the master of your own life. Painting the wall will not change your life. It will just change how you feel about it. And then... I mean, maybe you feel good about doing something that you don't understand and that that works. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I think because feng shui seems so complex that people don't they they know it's hard to understand it. I, I know you come from a place where you understand it fully, but most people are just like, just give me the rules and and they just like figure it out. Um, okay, so were there any other things that you don't agree with? No, I mean, as long as you understand it, as long as you understand anything, then everything will make sense and you will agree with anything. As long as you understand it properly. And, and, and that's my goal, to, uh, to, to help teach people. So very often in, in our consultations, while I tell people how to, where to move things and such, I will always explain the reason why. So they, so to, to give them the chance to object to what I say, mm. to, so that they have the chance to say, nope, I don't feel that way. I prefer it the other way. Then, then that starts a conversation because it's yeah. not my house. I always tell people, this is not my house. It's your house. You do whatever you want. I'm just helping you understand yeah. if you did something, that's the, that's the apparent effect to your psychology. Yeah. So oh, I see. Um, it, it is important to understand so you can make your own decisions and I'm here just to facilitate and help you and guide you. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're the guide. Let's take a break for today's sponsor, Clinique. I always appreciate when a product is clinically tested to be effective, which is why I'm excited to partner with Clinique. Meet Clinique's first foundation designed to be the last step in your skincare routine. Even better, Clinical Serum Foundation is formulated with three serum technologies that visibly reduce dark spots, brighten, and hydrate the skin. I personally love when makeup can double as skincare, and that's exactly what this product is. Foundation doesn't do it justice. This is Clinical Foundation, built with three serum technologies and it even gives uv protection available in 42 shades this hydrating foundation formula provides buildable medium to full coverage with a satin finish in as little as eight weeks skin appears more even toned radiant and smoother even after makeup is removed plus the glass bottle is recyclable with its more sustainable packaging don't call it makeup this is skincare in just your shade find your shade this holiday season at clinique.com Okay, so now I want to ask about your personal routine. Like, how do you split your time between working with clients and creating content? I, I meet clients from like 12 to 7, 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. every day. In the morning, I'll try to create content um, or in the evening. Um, the funny thing is that I get, I get a lot of my content ideas from meeting clients. Like when I meet a client and we come up with, and, and, and like, they they present to me some new problem and that's when it gets me thinking like, oh yeah, this is quite a good thing to share. Then I, I make it straight away. Yeah, yeah. I love that though because it's it's like so practical. I love when you're like, oh, this client has this problem with their room and this is how I'm fixing it. Yeah, because like there, there's only so much I can talk about feng shui. Like uh, it, it, it becomes repetitive. I can't talk about where to put your bed every day. So <laughs> it's true. So I, I've done the basics. It's all there. I, I may have to redo the basics sometimes because it becomes very yeah. old. Uh, but most of the yeah, time, I get yeah. new ideas from different clients, which is which is fresh. It's relatable. It's good. I have met quite a lot of people by now. So um, over yeah. a thousand clients. So wow, it, it, it it's a it's a good amount of experience that I, I can pick out from. Yeah. Do your clients now find you through TikTok? I'm just curious. Most of the time, TikTok and Instagram. So it's basically helped your business so much. It created my business. I didn't do this at all. I was doing normal buildings, creating architecture for, for people. It was through TikTok that I had like individuals 
like kids, teenagers asking me, oh, how do I do my room? How People who I never thought would even be interested in feng shui approaching me, asking, hello, Mr. Cleave, how do I put my bed? And that was when I started this consultation thing all together in the first place, uh, which in itself is quite a new thing because normally architects never meet people on a one-on-one basis. We need to sign a big contract. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, that's so I interesting. changed my business model to meet individual people on a one-off basis like a general practitioner just like a doctor I meet you I teach you what to do and we don't see each other again so uh, like, <laughs> yeah. the whole thing changed because of TikTok it was a, almost an accidental thing I never considered it a business it was more like the thing that I had to do <laughs> <laughs> and, and wow. yeah two years on I, I, I'm, I'm still here so are you saying you don't do the traditional architecture work anymore? Like, did you have a job that you had to leave to do to pursue TikTok? Yes. Well, I, I used to have clients. I stopped taking new commissions. I, I still have people asking me to design their houses. I, I just have to not take those because I, I rather help 10 people than, than help just one person with his big house. I, I would ask them to hire an architect. I'm happy to look into your look at your floor plan for you later. Mm, interesting. So I so basically what you do ha- has completely changed because of TikTok. Now, I didn't realize that you're not doing architecture in the traditional way. Yeah, so so how how much and you're still very busy doing these consultations and TikTok? It's funny because like like as an architect you earn a bit more because the contracts are very big. You 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 get like a big a big contract and then you you just work on that one house and then you get your whole year's worth of salary. So now it's much much less, much harder work, but it's more fulfilling and you learn a lot more. You meet a lot of people. Like every time I meet someone, it's almost like meeting a, a friend to chit chat and talk and, and fix their homes. Yeah. So it's really, really nice. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's what I do now. And I mean, there are plenty of architects who do the, to do the traditional thing, but there's none of yeah. me doing There's only what one I do. So I, I just have to keep doing it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. And I'm sure everyone who comes to you because they watch your videos, they're like, they feel like your friend because they love you already. <laughs> it's funny. So like so, 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 sometimes they, they have, like, I have people like, the moment the video starts, they're oh, it's you. I can't believe it's you. <laughs> You're basically a celebrity that agrees to meet with its fans like one-on-one. <laughs> Which is like, it's special. I, I can understand why it's fulfilling. Oh, it's really nice. It's really nice. Then Yeah, they, they're so shocked to see me. But I see myself all the time, so I'm not so shocked. I, <laughs> I love that you're doing this. And, it's, and the fact that you mentioned it's harder work. It's, it's like you're doing more, you're working with more people, but you're doing it because it's more fulfilling. Do you want to talk about like, why you decided to to help the masses rather than what you used to do? Like what went into that decision? Like I didn't decide it. They they came to me and I just answered them. So <laughs> they came to me and I answered and I and I enjoyed it so much. So the decision was to give up the traditional one to focus on this. So I get to meet a lot more people. And you hear all their stories and like it really opens your mind. I thought I knew a lot before I started this. Like a thousand plus clients later, I realized how little I knew back then. And I am sure there's a lot more for me to learn as time goes by. Wow, that's amazing. Can you give examples of of some of the things that you have learned or the interesting people that you've met? 
Well, I mean, I I have different types of of, of clients. Like I I have met like very very wealthy wealthy clients with big mansions, big 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 mansions. I never saw a house that big before in my life. So, <laughs> um, and at the same time, I have met people who are like almost under the poverty line, like very sad, like mm. re- re- really struggling, really struggling. Like they 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 actually had to save up to meet me, and that like makes me like oh gosh, oh, oh gosh, like. Yeah. How yeah. can I give more? So, and I also meet people from all different circumstances. Like some people, they just got a a, a divorce. So I I I have met like returning clients, clients, mm-hmm. and then this client comes back to me again and say that, oh, hi, Cliff is the same person, but now I'm divorced, so we have to help me with my new house on my own, by myself. So it's like you see people's lives change. You see things happen in their lives, um, or, or like their pets died or something like that. But yeah, everyone has a different story. Everyone has a different story. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's beautiful. Like this, it's your window. Yeah. No. Like that. There's that, that, different. I. I. I don't want to disclose too much because, like, when people tell me things, it's really their personal, personal life, and it's very interesting to me. But I. I feel like if I share it. It just takes that takes it's a bit too, out of it. So yeah, that's true. That's true. I understand. It's important to give your hundred and ten percent with with every single person you meet, which is very difficult because sometimes I'm so tired. I meet so many people talking, 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 talking that you sometimes forget you you treat it as a job where it's real. In reality, it's not a job. Like people pay you good money, they wait. There's a waiting list. You know, one month to meet me. So it's like they wait for a month. And then I can't be like, oh, yeah, another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to give them, you want to truly help them. I guess that's why it's tiring because like every moment I'm trying to like really, really understand. And and after a while, it, it takes out of you. So I need to remember to give myself a bit more time off. I think definitely because you're, everyone's problem is like going, like you're you're taking it on and it must be exhausting. Like a new person, a new story that you're trying to, because you said you try to put yourself in their shoes and truly understand them. It takes a yeah, lot of energy but, but to do right, that. It's not right to, to really understand and to yeah. learn about different people. Like I, I'm sure everyone yeah. has their own problems and that is completely unique to them. I feel like you'll grow very wise from continuing to do this job because you're meeting so many people, all these problems. Like it, it's it's very unique that experience. And it's very international as well. You you also learn about different people, different cultures from all, all over the world. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I'm curious for your own personal space, how often do you rearrange your space? Or is it more of it's optimized. <laughs> I used to do it all the time. I used to always test and test and test. But, but by now, it's kind of optimized. Uh, but I also have no more time to touch my own space. My, like, sometimes I don't even want to show people my, my own space because it's like, I, first, I'm ashamed. And secondly, I, I don't want to use my space to, to be a benchmark for other people because everyone is different. And I don't want them to be like, all oh, following me because you have your own taste, you have your own style. We are going to help you Find your style that suits you. Don't care about what I like. We want to find out what you like. Ah, uh, I see. I see. <laughs> to me, it sounds like you need to give more time to yourself, <laughs> right? Uh, You're so busy. Fine. But no, it's it, yeah. At the same time, when I do have my day off, I feel very sad. It's like, oh no. <laughs> oh, so empty. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah. No, I, I do feel like you're, you're like doing what you're meant to do. Like this is your purpose. Cause I, I feel the excitement that you get when you're talking about what you do. So, and that's also why your TikTok videos are so magnetic. It's like your personality and excitement. Oh, so now you know. <laughs> okay. Um, so Cliff, what's next for you? Like, what are you excited about moving forward? Anything that you want to do? I, I mean, like I, I've just done a course on Domestica. So it's like an online course on Feng Shui. So I have the book, I have the course. I, I, I have things like in mind, like I, 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 I realize that, that that people need things in their homes. And I, I was thinking if I could just um, start making products that would help people um, in that sense. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about it yet. So that that's one of the things. Another thing is like maybe try to expand on my channel. So do a longer videos on YouTube, maybe. Um, but most of it, I am trying to keep to what I'm doing because until I, until there's, I can see other feng shui people, architecture people offering this same kind of advice. I don't want to like, unplug this hole that's filled that's currently filled <laughs> yeah that makes sense so I'll, I'll, I'll just keep doing I'll keep meeting people I, I already have clients who say that I'll come back in a year's time when I find my new home so I'll keep meeting people I'll, 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 I'll keep giving consultations and yeah and learn more about the world yeah um, I, I just had another random random thought is <laughs> another question is like did you feel like you made any change that brought in all this like success? Cause it sounds like you kind of go with the flow with life. Like you're, you're not making the decision. Like it just good things happen to you. It, it's like the good energy is coming, right? The success is coming. So <laughs> before you started your TikTok, did you change anything? <laughs> did any, oh. I don't know. <laughs> ah, I moved my desk. No. <laughs> Oh my, I know. That'd be so funny if you're like, oh, that no, just no, I, uh, no, like, um, I was in a different location, actually. I was in a different location. I was in a fresh place and uh, I was in, I, you know where it started? I was, I went back to Singapore to visit my family during COVID and there was a quarantine. So I was trapped in a room, in a hotel room for two weeks. It's a very nice hotel room, I must say. So I was, I was in a hotel room for two <laughs> weeks and that was where my channel, I made the, my first content in there. Oh. So I guess what, what, what I got was that in that room, I had no interference. I was completely alone. I, it was a good, it was a really nice room. I can't, I can't stop. I, I was on the 52nd floor of this hotel room. The view was amazing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so there was amazing views. It was quiet. It was calming. And I made my video there. And I think there was a lot of clarity back then. So that that just goes to show how important your environment really is. Because before that, I was working, 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 working. No time for TikTok. Come on, no time to make content. So I, I think we all need to take a moment to breathe and, and see what really matters to us. Sometimes moments of boredom can, can really help. I, I completely agree. I love that you talked about that because... I, I real I'm learning that I'm really influenced by my environment. And if my, for example, if my room is cluttered, I don't feel good. But I, I love traveling because you always get to stay at a clean, like fresh slate, like a hotel room or Airbnb where it's <laughs> you just feel so good because everything is clean and there's no clutter. And I was like, wow, your environment really matters. And that's why 
sometimes like like the change in energy can change your life. Exactly. Yes. I know, right? All, all the baggage is gone. <laughs> you can start from fresh. Exactly. Uh, and, and it's also like as a creative, yeah, you do need to make space to, to, to get bored, right? Clean slate, start, just, just allow yourself to think and create. If you're too busy, how do you expect new things to come? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, well said. I, I see I'm learning something from you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I, I do love how a lot of these lessons are, like you said, common sense. Like I, I, I feel like it's intuitive, but it takes some time to, to you know, to ac- actually recognize it in your life. Yes, yes. So, sometimes you will never see. It. Sometimes you like, you know, I, I, I had this client, this one I'll, I'll disclose a little bit. I had this client who was so frustrated in her house and like there was all this emotional baggage attached to her house and, and we met and I was talking, we were talking, talking, talking and my advice to her <laughs> was to sell the house. Oh. Just sell the house. Just oh, that's sell a your big house. advice. <laughs> Why? Was it too much baggage? It was too much baggage. There was all this commitment tied to this house. Her old, like her her ex-husband, her kids, everything attached to this house and she felt trapped. So essentially, the the outcome of our meeting was not that you need to move furniture and that. was for us to unlock this door to because this house was a prison to her. And it was just for her to know that the door is unlocked. When I say to sell the house, I don't mean to literally go and sell the house. What I was trying to say was that this house is not like you are not you are not trapped in this house. It's your decision to leave or not. Mm. And so with that, although she's still living there, but at least she knows that she's not forced to be there and her her mind is open for other things. And and that gives some relief in itself. Mm, I love that. So yeah, sometimes it's just like a shift in your mindset. Instead of thinking I'm stuck here, I don't like it. It's like, oh, I can choose to leave anytime. Like it's my, like it's giving me the power back to yourself. Wow. I love that. Because like, yeah, in the end of the day, Feng Shui revolves around you, not you around Feng Shui. You are the master. Yes. I love it so much. Okay. Um, Cliff, if you were to share one last piece of advice that you think would help our listeners, what is one thing that you want to share today? Okay. Any change is good change. Any change that happens, even if it feels bad, like you've got fired or whatever, it's always good change. It's a change of energy. It's a change of environment. It would make you and force you to take control, to do something in retaliation. So whatever happens in your life, no matter how difficult it is, it is a good thing. And just embrace it, learn from it, and move on. Love it. Wow. Um, Okay, so lastly, no, I love it. (laughs) I love asking that question because it's always like a piece of wisdom that someone shares at the end. Um, Okay, Cliff, where can we find you online? You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, my handle is all the same, is Dear Modern. Or you can find me on my website, dearmodern.com. I love it. Thank you so much, Cliff. I had so much fun. Thank you for what you do and literally sharing so, you're helping people in so many ways, like more than just with your feng shui, but just your energy and everything. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. 
Thanks so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like the podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also subscribe to our podcast YouTube channel at youtube.com slash lifestyle. Lastly, follow me on YouTube and Instagram at lavender for more content on creating your dream life. Sending you so much love. 